When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We're here with, as always, our super producer, Noel Brown. Now, due to the subject of today's podcast, uh, I don't think it's fair for us to uh, give Noel and each other nicknames. No, especially not silly, silly clown names. We would, right. n- we would not do that. And, and whatever happens, we do not want our listeners to write in with any kind of silly clown names for us. Either. Absolutely do not write in with silly clown names for us, for Noel, or for other people who work at this at this How Stuff Works outfit. Yeah, Especially I mean, not Jonathan Strickland. Yeah, there are a lot of other podcasters, and you could really play around with their names and, and do some funny things, but we don't want you to do that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Don't. Do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> we've we've had episodes about circus, the circus before. We've sure, talked about yeah. circus trains before, which, uh-huh. which was, I, I thought circus trains were pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's a rolling town. Yeah. And then we've uh, we've also talked about some related vehicles, like uh, Shriner vehicles and uh, parade floats. Uh, but this, one of my first questions when we started working on this um, cause we were both a little bit skeptical about this subject, right? Yeah. One of my first questions that I wanted to ask you on air is this. How many people have you fit into a, a vehicle, not a, like a, a landborn driven vehicle, you know, so not, not a, not a train, not a plane, but like, have you been on, what's, have you been on a double decker bus with a bunch of people? Have you owned a car when you were in high school and squeezed a bunch of people in? Now, see, that's that's a good point is that, you know, in high school, there was a friend of mine that had a, a huge vehicle. It was a big, uh, I think it was an Oldsmobile. I want to yeah. say it's a, a Delta 88. Nice. And it was like two couches in that car. It had an enormous cabin area. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I would think that, you know, maybe maximum, even in that vehicle, you know, it's a big vehicle, huge. Right. Like a, like a 19-foot or 20-foot long car, something like that, huge. I think that that car held maybe, um, you know, at most with our friends and everything, maybe eight or nine people. And that was 
people were pretty well jammed in there because mm-hmm. you're, again, you're trying to line up on the bench seats. Right. That's the, that's the thing is that you're trying to sit in the appropriate seating positions. Now you're not going to have your seatbelts on. Unfortunately, that was not too, too safe for us to do that. But, right. um, you know, if you're going to cram a lot of people in a car, you've only got X number of seatbelts to do it as well. You know, the car says it seats six, you know, for something that's big like that. Uh, you're trying to fit three extra people in there. Not everybody's going to get a belt, but, um, some smaller cars. I'm trying to think of, you know, like, um, Oh, geez, I had that Trans Am that had a terribly tiny back seat. Right. And I know it's funny to think of that as having, you know, more than like four people in it. Because that was, <laughs> it was meant for four people. I Might mean, have had as many as like, cozy. maybe like six people in that or something, you know, two, maybe even two in the passenger seat in the front at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, that, that game, which is not again safe, but, um, no. you know, it, and it's tight. It's very tight. You're shoulder to shoulder. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun to have that many mm-hmm. people in a car that's not really intended for that many passengers. Yeah, I think it's something that a lot of people end up doing in high school. Um, How about you? Have you ever crammed a bunch of people in a car in high school? I mean, because that's kind of the thing to do. You go out to lunch or something and, Uh you know, one person decides to drive or somebody's run out of gas or they have a car problem or whatever. Mm -hmm. What's like the most people that you can remember in a relatively small vehicle? Uh, Counting me? Yeah, counting you. Um, I don't know if it's relatively small, man, but I know in one of the Pontiacs that I used to have, I had uh, four in the front because it was a bench seat, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then six in the back because there were four people crammed just sitting in the bench and two sitting in laps. So ten people. and this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Way, the, the old sitting on laps thing. Yeah, the sitting on laps thing. That's why we have four in the front because there was, you know, you can lift up the console and you've got that middle seat, right? Sure. Like that kid's seat. So I had... There was me and then... Which really isn't a kid's seat. Not really, no. Uh, but but because of the way that the console is, it's you have to be pretty comfortable with whomever's sitting next to you. So thank goodness it was my girlfriend. I was driving and then um, then one, we had two of our buddies. One was sitting uh, on the passenger seat, another sitting in his lap. And then the four in the back, two people on their laps. And wait for it, Scott, my best friend... Rode in the trunk. Oh my god! I thought he you were wanted say, to. I know. I thought you were going to say laying across that that uh, that rear deck in the window because <laughs> I've seen that too. Wow! Um, yeah, I, I, it wasn't that big. <laughs> uh, you know, okay, so there's uh, okay, so ten. Okay, we're talking eleven people, right? That's so a lot of people. eleven people, and that's a big vehicle. It's a big. You're talking about a big. Uh, I I assume from your past when you were talking about them, it was a Bonneville. Yes, a big Bonneville yep, sedan, it's right? The Bonneville, okay, yeah. so that's a big vehicle. Uh, but what if I were to tell you that? This is amazing, Ben. When you start really reading about clown cars, and you think, well, okay, well, I know the clown car routine at the circus. I've seen that before where right. an impossible number of, of people come pouring out of a... A very a, tiny car. It's always a tiny, tiny car. How do they do it? You know, we're going to talk about that. But what if I were to tell you that anywhere from 14 to 21 clowns will fit into a, what we'll call a typical, with air quotes, uh-huh. clown var- vehicle, which is usually like a, a Mini, a BMW Mini, or right. a classic Mini, or a Volkswagen Beetle, you know, new or mm-hmm, old, mm-hmm. something along the lines of that size. So we're talking about a, a compact car, a small vehicle that's typically meant for, you know, four. If you push, maybe get you could get five people into it. They're cramming 14 to 21 clowns, you know, with full clown gear, big floppy shoes, you know, the big hats. And, <laughs> Crazy you know, they, uh, Yeah, maybe even a, a, you know, a suitcase, things a, like that. A unicycle. And they just come bounding out of the car like it's nothing. 14 to 21 of them. And and you got to think when you're sitting in the crowd, you, uh-huh. you, know, you watch this happen. They pull out in this little car, and you, you know what's going to happen. But 
as they come out, you think, okay, that's got to be it. And then another one comes out mm-hmm. and another one and another one. And, and you and know, like the big one and two little ones. Yeah, and you're thinking, you know, at the point where you thought they were going to stop, where that's, that's enough. They, I can't believe they've got that many in there. Then eight more come out. So yeah, if, uh, 14 to 21, uh, if you say 14 to 21 clowns, my only reaction is to say that perhaps we should call them contortionists. Uh, what's interesting about today's podcast, other than that this is just great fun to learn about, is that uh, we're going to learn that the specifics of this are somewhat of a secret. There's there's a closely guarded secrecy to part of this routine uh, since the first documented performance of it in the 1950s at an outfit called Cole Brothers Circus. Yeah, that's right. And you wouldn't think that it would be a secret like this, but it is. It's almost like a magician's secret. Exactly. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good call, because uh, we ran into a couple different people saying stuff like, well, the the number one thing that people always ask me, like guys who are directors of clowning academies, say the number one thing that people always ask me is, how do you do the clown car trick? Mm-hmm. And there are clowning academies here in the United States and around the world. Yep. There are clown schools. And I'll tell you how I know this is because our, uh, our freelance writer who wrote this article, it's called How Clowns Work. It's on the site, or it will be on the site. It's still... Uh, this is another one of those unpublished articles that I was pretty excited about talking about. So yeah. I wanted to get it on air. So it's not published yet. Will be someday soon. Look for it at some point. Um, but she, as she was writing this, she was trying to contact clown colleges in the United States and, and talk to them about some of these trade secrets, how it's done, how, you know, how they really do cram this many people into it, or is there a trick? And as she called them, you know, got the, uh, you know, the PR rep or whoever for the, right. for the clown schools. Um, you know, they, they said they passed on the information. They never got back to her. They, uh, they just said, you know what, we've, uh, we decided that we're not going to really spill the beans on this secret. It's a, it's kind of an industry trade secret. It's something right. that we, we're not comfortable going on record as saying, here's how we do it. Uh, because it kind of gives things away for other clown outfits as well. Right. Nobody wants to mess up the show for everyone else. No, this right? would be like the masked ma- a magician that uh, comes out on those television programs and gives away all the magician secrets and everybody hates the masked magician you know, within the industry, but sure, the yeah. rest of the people love him because, you know, that he, he tells them how it's done. And that's kind of what, um, uh, what we're getting at here. There's, there's some generally known things that they do. I mean, I know that there's other tricks to the trade here that we're not going to be able to cover because I, uh, you know, more or less, I mean, we can guess what's happening, how they, how they cram themselves in there. Cause there's other things we can look at to find out how they do it. But right. so, uh, can we jump with one of the myths first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, just for one of the myths, one of the things that I had always assumed since I first saw one of these circuses when I was, was very, very young, um, I cannot remember which circus it was, but I do remember thinking that clearly there has to be some kind of trap door because, you know, sometimes the car will drive around in a little curlicue kind of pattern, like, oh, he's crazy clowns yeah, driving. He's going to wreck. He's going to wreck. Whoa. And uh, then they will stop and, and they'll stop in a very specific place uh, because circus shows are fairly precise yeah. performances. So I always assumed that what was happening is that there was because the windows are painted over. You cannot see Inside the windows. Yeah. And inside the car. And it's usually a very low vehicle. And it's very low to the ground. Low to the ground. So I had always just sort of assumed that they had cut, uh, cut some entryway and some trap door. And I remember the circus that I had seen this at was kind of on a raised platform. It wasn't on the ground. So it's not like they had to dig a tunnel. Really? Well, yeah, it looked like. On a raised platform. 
Yeah. Well, the whole thing was, you know, they set up the entire venue on like this raised oh, okay. thing. I get it. Um, so I just, I just had this picture in my head of these, a, an army of clowns kind of crawling on their elbows under, <laughs> underneath the stage. But apparently that's not true. And you're saying that they would have a trap door that goes into uh, some kind of a basement for the stadium. Right. And right. the clowns would then file out of that through a door that's also cut in the bottom of the vehicle. And then just emerge one by one, and they could they could put a hundred clowns in there if they wanted. That was to. my idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the honest truth is that does not happen. That's not that's not how they do this. They don't do it that way because um, it, somebody would spot it. It would be a give a dead giveaway. Sure. It's not the traditional way to do it. And, and circuses are very much about tradition. I mean, they they change occasionally. Oh, yeah. They change their routines. They change you know what. But circuses are are very traditional. In the way they do things in, in many ways. And, and the clown car act, believe it or not, is one of those things. They, they remain traditional. Um, the other thing is that I've, I've thought, and here's another myth, I guess, is that, um, maybe they pull up to an area where you can't see the other side of the car and you think that there's another door similar to that one. Right. Uh, in the, in the passenger door, maybe, or the driver's door. And that's how they're getting, they're, they're filing in through somewhere else, like a tunnel or something again. And just, uh, you know, using the vehicle as more of a pass through than anything else, because the way the clowns come leaping out of those cars, I mean, it's as if, you know, they're the only passenger in there in in a passenger seat and they hop right out with, you know, their suitcase in hand and they're, they launch right into their clown routine. It's not like, you know, when you would expect if they were really contorted and twisted in there, which they yeah. honestly are, they you would expect them to almost have to kind of roll out of the vehicle and some of them would come out on their belly and some would come out on their backs right and, you know kind of have to slither out and, and yeah. look all cramped up and disheveled that's not the case they they really do practice at how they load the clown cars and that's how they get it they they get about it they they know how to contort themselves into such a manner that they can fit the maximum number of clowns in this vehicle with their props and all that stuff right in every single available space in that vehicle and there's some tricks to how they do that. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Ah, yes. So now, ladies and gentlemen, comes a spoiler alert. If you do not want the magic of the clown car to uh, be, I don't know, laid bare, uh, then turn back now. If you want to, uh, if you want to always have that sense of mystery, we can't tell you exactly how the clowns, what the clowns are doing in there, but we can tell you some things that, you know, might, might ruin it for you if you really think it's magic. And I can honestly tell you something now that those people have left. It's not necessarily a true secret. I mean, it's, it's really, it's pretty simple when you, when you get right down to it. It's not like a giant trick or something. It's not like, uh, you know, there's a, yeah, yeah. What they do is they remove every single thing from inside that vehicle. It's like a, it's like a wide open space in there. You mean like everything? I mean everything. The seats, the brackets that hold the seats, the carpet, sure. the door panels, uh -huh. the, the, uh, the dividers between the trunk and the passenger area, which, yep. which that's very clever because you can then cram, you know, oh, yeah, clam, yeah. cram clowns. That's hard to say into the trunk area and they can exit through the passenger door as, as would somebody who is just popping out of the seat. And I wonder with, uh, the old bugs, you know, with the rear mounted engine, if they remove, uh, if they remove the barrier there in the front for the front storage. Oh, yes, they do. They yeah. absolutely do. So that the front storage area is there. Now, now the, the way that they get around having to have somebody drive in there because, you know, they're actually using the engine to power the vehicle into the, uh, right. into the arena, yeah. into one of the rings. They have the driver sit on a milk crate or something similar, or if possible, they could even sit on the floor of the vehicle. I mean, I don't know yeah. how that would all work out. I mean, maybe as far as the way they stack, it works out better to have them slightly raised up. Uh, but right. it's something very small that they uh, that they use that they, they do actually have to drive in. So yeah, and there's a little there's a little slit. If you look closely, you'll see a little slit on the driver's side windshield so that they can see where they're going. Yeah, like one area that's been scraped off with a razor blade or something, so that uh, they're able to uh, again navigate into the ring. However. If they had clear windows, it would be giving away exactly how many are in there and how they're stacked in there. And they really are stacked in there. I mean, they're yeah. crammed in tight. And uh, for those of you with safety concerns, we can say that one thing that is not removed is the barrier between the passenger compartment and the engine. Mm -hmm. that's, that, right. that's a real firewall. Yeah. And nobody wants to see, or at least I hope nobody dreams of seeing a bunch of clowns running out of a flaming car. I hope they don't see that either. Yeah. That would be terrifying. But in, in another thing that we need to mention uh, before we move on past yeah. this point is that, that? you know, when you're, when you're taking out all that stuff, you're removing a lot of weight in the vehicle. 
can you know easily understand that. You're yeah, for a lot sure. Of, you know, it's like an old racer's trick. You know, you're 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 gutting the interior of the car. Mm-hmm. However, Taking out the interior panels too. Yeah. However, you're going to put let's say as many as twenty or twenty one clowns back into that car. That's a lot of weight. So they have to um, increase the, uh, the the strength of suspension by using heavy duty springs. I mean, right. we're talking like um, like work truck type springs mm-hmm. on a Volkswagen Beetle. So when it's fully loaded, the car either sits at an appropriate height from the ground, or it sits it, it still will sit low. Um, as we mentioned, you know, there's not a lot of room between that and the and the ground. But um, it doesn't appear that you know the car is dragging on the ground when it comes in because that would kind of give away some of the illusion, right? Uh, that you know the car is overloaded. They're, you know, it would look overloaded. And that's not what they want it to look like. They want it to look like a, a normal vehicle when it drives in. Exactly, exactly. And uh, one one of the things that they have refined over the years, right? The experts in clowning who do this is uh, they've they've refined how to modify the find and modify the perfect car for this. Right? Yeah, yeah. And car choice is very important. Now, there's a there's a separate article that's out there, and it's written. Uh, it was written years ago by Car and Driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like we need to reference this now because this has a very important piece of information here. And I, I don't know exactly how, uh, how reliable this is because the whole article is very tongue in cheek. Very, it's very tongue in cheek. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a funny little article. It's called The Physics of Clown Cars. And it was written back in April of 2001, or March of 2001, rather, for the April edition of Car and Driver magazine, the, you know, the print edition. And again, it's Car and Driver and they kind of in a, in a, funny, clever way, go through the physics of clown cars with a lot of uh, kind of made-up um, formulas. And, you know, it's, it's it's funny to read the article. It yeah, really is. I mean, yeah. you talk about, you know, the, the hilarity index. They have a and, clown equation for uh, how many clowns you can fit in and based on the type of clown. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the clown car is represented as CC. And then there's uh-huh. uh, clown flexibility, which is represented as CF, and clown politics. And, you know, there's it, it's... General uh, survivability, as, as mentioned, is one factor in this whole thing. And, you know, just <laughs> funny little things like that. And they, they do have several equations that really amount to nothing. It's just uh, it's 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 funny to read. You should probably check it out. But one point that they do mention, though, is that on average, I mean, this is kind of like an average within the the, uh, the, the circus industry. Uh-huh. And this is important. Each clown is approximately or averages Five feet, eight inches. That's just kind of an average uh, average height, an average weight of 158 pounds. Now, if you calculate that into about how much space that each average clown takes up in this in this case, it would be three cubic feet of space. And that's how we measure, um, you know, the uh, the vehicles that they're stripped out, you know, because you're, you're measuring more like it's more like a cargo vehicle at this point rather than right. a passenger vehicle. So Absolutely. instead of saying it, it, it'll hold four passengers and it has this much leg room, you're more concerned with cubic feet. As you would be in like uh, if you're purchasing a vehicle that was a, a cargo van or right. something that has a, a spacious trunk, you would you would measure it with cubic feet, and that's exactly how they do it. So this is assuming that you know they take up three cubic feet of space each, assuming that the person is approximately this is kind of funny, 15 inches wide. So we're talking about like mm-hmm. at the widest point of the shoulders maybe, and about five inches thick. Now that's pretty tight. Yeah, I mean that's uh, again five foot eight. 158 pounds, 15 inches wide, and about five inches thick. Now that's really packing people in there tight. I mean, for sure, really, really tight. It's not uh, comfortable enough for a road trip. So as we talk about the vehicles that you know maybe would be good for clown car selection, I know it's funny that we're discussing this even, but <laughs> it becomes important because they're listed with uh, with potential cubic feet of volume for each vehicle. You know whether it's cargo 
or the passenger yes. area, and then you combine the total, and then you can kind of assume how many clowns you could potentially fit into those vehicles. We guesstimate. Yeah, and, you know, we said that, you know, the Mini is a popular choice, old and new. Volkswagen sure. Beetle is a popular choice, old and new. Mm-hmm. There's other cars out there that would make good choices, modern vehicles, or at least modern, you know, up to maybe, uh, let's see what the newest one is here. Up to the uh, nah. 2000s, early yeah, 2000s. 2009. 2009, it's uh, yeah, not that bad. That's the uh, latest one. Uh, so well, let's see, let's go ahead, we'll save that one for last. Let's talk about, in order of uh, age, uh, one of the oldest ones on our list here is the amc pacer the 75 to 80 amc pacer i think that's a good choice i mean it's <laughs> it's funny but you know i would i would uh you know i could potentially see going to a uh you know ringling brothers circus and seeing a vehicle like that pull out because it's i mean i'll be honest it's a, it's it's a novelty item at this point when you see one you don't often see them on the road i mean right. I, I think recently i saw one i took a photo and put it on our facebook post it was maybe that was a long time ago like a year ago um, but it, again, when you see one, it, it stands out the crowd. It's something different, but there's a good reason for that. It was, it was promoted initially as the first wide, small car. So there's a lot of space in there. And also I didn't know this. The passenger side door is actually four inches longer to allow people to easily get into the back seat. Mm-hmm. And that is a great feature for a clown vehicle because it allows for easier egress. Yeah, pretty interesting, huh? And it's got some solid stuff behind it. Uh, If we move up uh, to a little bit more recently in time, then we have the 92 to 96 Eagle Summit Wagon. Yes, also sold as the Mitsubishi Expo LRV and the Plymouth Colt Vista Wagon. Uh, Sometime around 1992, I think, is when that started. And this one has a lot of space. It's deceptive, you know, how much space this one has inside. A lot of these vehicles that we talked about are kind of that way. They, They appear very small. On the exterior, when you get in, there's actually a lot of room in there. And then you have to imagine all that stuff stripped out as they do with a clown car. So this one has something like if you combine the, you know, the passenger volume, which is like 96 cubic feet and the cargo volume, which is 35 cubic feet, it gives you 131 cubic feet total. And I, I've done the calculation with all these, Ben, if you want to hear it. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, yeah. I didn't do it for the, the pacer because that had kind of an unknown cubic foot measurement. We right. weren't sure how much space. Right. Um, this one has 131 total cubic feet available. So that means that there's potential, Ben, mm-hmm. potential for 43 clowns inside that vehicle. Now, I know that's not the case. I know it would likely be closer to maybe maximum of 30 if you, if you, you know, just based on, you know, some people are going to be a little bit above average size. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some below the way that you can stack people in there, what you have to leave in, you know, the milk crate, the driver's seating position, all that stuff has to come into play. Uh, but again, if you go just maximum numbers, and I'll give you that for all these, 43 clowns could fit into a 1992 to 96 Eagle Summit wagon. You heard it here first, folks. Crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, Let's keep playing uh, this game here. So let's go to the 2004 to 2006 Scion XB. Ah, okay. So this is a uh, another one that's a deceptive, right? It has a lot of a lot of leg room, but you don't necessarily care about leg room when you start taking the seats out and the carpet and all that stuff, right. all the panels. So the thing is that it has a lot of height, and a mm-hmm. lot of other vehicles don't have the height that this one has, and that is something that you could. Uh, Believe it or not, you could stack clowns almost as if you would stack wood in there. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how they would pile themselves into a vehicle like this. Lots of space in this one again. Um, a little bit less than the other one. This one has 111 cubic feet total. That is a potential of 37 clowns in, in the, uh, in the 2004 to 2006 Scion XB. 
These guys are running the carpool lanes, man. Crazy. I mean, imagine 37 clowns coming out of a Scion XB. It's possible, not probable. I mean, we're talking probably more like uh, maybe 30 at most. I'm wondering, too, if maybe on the inside one of the secrets is if they are stacked horizontally, one of the secrets might be like a shelf kind of thing where someone lays on one. You know what? I honestly don't think so because that shelving unit takes up, takes up space and, and space is so valuable. I mean, every single inch is used in this and they really do pack in there uh, like a bunch of contortionists. I know that I've seen other stuff, you know, oh, you know what? I'm kind of hinting at it about what we're going to come up to next, but <laughs> car stuffing. And uh, <laughs> and people really do limber up. I know that clowns limber up before they yeah. get into that. They're, clowns are, I guess I could say, notoriously flexible. So, um, you know, with what they do, you see it in their act, right? You right. know There's that when they torsion, you know that when they get into that vehicle, they're they're employing that uh, that skill to be able to stack themselves in there, and as well as you know to get out smoothly. So uh, let's go on to the 2007 Honda Fit. Now, mm-hmm. this has a very special kind of seating thing going on, right? Yeah, I guess, but again, doesn't really matter, does we it? Take them out. You would take the seats out, so you know the the seat, um, you know. If you're just a, uh, a a citizen, I guess I, you know. I don't a know. Civilian. A civilian. Yeah, <laughs> that's a funny way to think about it. You're either in the circus or you're a civilian. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> if you're just a, a standard civilian, they've got these uh, these kind of modular seating positions, which really do add a lot of space in this vehicle. However, again, stripping all that out, you've got a lot of space. So you know the volumes range in this one from 90 to 96 cubic feet in the passenger area, up and 17 to 21 cubic feet in the cargo area. So we're talking about upward, you know, up to 117 cubic feet total. That is, again, Ben, that's a potential of 39 clowns in this vehicle. Likelihood is more like, uh, again, 32, 33 clowns, something like that. But, again, just imagine. Now, that's a Honda Fit. You know how small a Honda <laughs> right, Fit is. Right. It's so small. Some so of our coworkers tiny. have Honda Fits. Yeah, they do. And good little cars. And, honestly, you put four people in there, they're shoulder to shoulder. Sure. And you put five in there, it's tight. It's, it becomes tight. So imagine cramming 39 clowns in there or 35 clowns or whatever the case may be. So, all right, let's go to the one that we said was the most recent. Yeah, this uh, is maybe the granddaddy of them all, I guess. Potential yeah. clown cars. Right. 2007 to 2009 Kia Rondo. Yeah, something you wouldn't necessarily expect. However, no. a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't know this when you look at the Kia Rondo because it's about the same size as a Ford Focus sedan. So it's yeah. not very big to begin with, but the Kia Rondo was a seven seat vehicle. I mean, that's with passenger seats and, you know, it, and yeah. it still had a lot of space inside. So imagine again, stripping all that out, you know, the exterior dimensions belie what's inside. When you get in, it's like a cavern. Yeah. Huge. It's like one of those cars that looks bigger on the inside than it does on the outside. Yeah. And I've got one more honorable mention that I'm going to add to this list in just a minute that, that does the same thing. And uh, I don't know the cubic feet of that one, but. This Kia Rondo from 2007 yes. to 2009, the total cubic feet available, if you strip all that stuff out, 143 cubic feet are available. And that's the biggest one on our list so far. Right. The clown potential, if you want to put it that way. Let's call it that, yeah. The possible number of clowns, <laughs> the clown potential, 47 clowns could fit into that vehicle. 47. That's the stuff of nightmares for chlorophobia. <laughs> that's that's me, Ben. I, I do not like you clowns. Have, uh, it's I think the word is cholerophobia. I don't. Chlorophobia. I don't know because I don't even like to look it up. I don't. I don't like anything to do with them. I really don't. So well, you are powering through this, man. Uh, just just you know, vote of confidence. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Forty-seven potential clowns in that. So let's say that you know that number's off by a little. 
let's just say that you're at the circus and a, uh, a Kia Rondo pulls up in a small vehicle. Again, Ford Focus sedan size, so most people can put it into perspective. Yeah, get ready. Let's say that 43 clowns come out of there. What would you be thinking? You would think there's no way. That's a trapdoor situation that there's no way they're doing that for real. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, man. Although I respect the craft and do think clowning is a craft, I am not myself super comfortable with clowns. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people born after John Wayne Gacy aren't comfortable with clowns. And here's another thing that I'm not comfortable oh, with. That's is, it. is that many people around, being crowded like that, being just jammed <laughs> into a tiny spot. So we're talking about two phobias here. Yeah. All in one. And I'm not even, I'm not even claustrophobic, but I mean, like, when you're jammed, I mean, face to face or, yeah. you know, whatever, or face to whatever body part, uh, which is out. unfortunately what's happening in there. I know that is. And, and to picture it with clowns is even more creepy. But, uh, <laughs> but this whole thing, you know, it, it's, it's truly amazing when you think about the way they do this. It's really, it really is a bit of a magic trick. And I yeah. said, you know, there's not a whole lot of trickery to this. Mm-hmm. The trick is the way that they, the, the way that they get in, the way that they know exactly what position to be in, right. the way that they, they load themselves. And, and so quickly and, and are able to come out in such a good, such a, uh, polished, Fashion for maximum impact. Amazing showmanship. Yes. And before we go on, speaking of an amazing showmanship piece, I have possibly the best idea for a prank. Listeners, you can steal this prank, but you guys can only steal it if you promise to send pictures and and try not to get arrested. I'm intrigued. All right. So what if, if if we already know that a lot of people have fear of clowns? This might be a little too cruel. What if you get a clown car, like you mod up one of the cars, just get a junker and uh load up a bunch of people dressed as clowns in a in in this junker car in a parking lot, like near uh, a red light, just enough so you can drive through it. Get in front of or behind a car and then when the light gets red, have the like doors open and the clowns come out and stand around a, another car, like the car behind you oh, or in man. front of you. That's terrifying, right? That is, they're just standing staring at you? They're just standing staring, oh, not I clown can, stuff. Okay. Uh, I would like to go on record <laughs> as saying that that is Ben's idea. I do not authorize this. This is uh, something I, I, uh, I can't stand behind this idea. It's horrible. That's horrible. I don't know what I would do. I, I mean, I bet some people would absolutely flip out. I mean, throw the car in reverse, full speed backwards. Who wouldn't? Yeah. I, I think that that would happen. My girlfriend would break up with me I think if I that, did that. You know, too, scary prankster like that scary clown tricks or or um you know um i guess pranks like that yeah terrifying i mean i i watch you know you've seen like you know the uh the hidden camera type sure stuff happens, yeah right those always just they're they're so terrifying to the person that it's happening to i always feel awful for that person i feel horrible for them that they have to go through that even if it's, if it's a prank <laughs> and i know it's happening but if somebody were to do that to me, I don't know what I'd, I mean, you'd lose your mind. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. It's, it's a little cruel. One last thing. Yeah. My honorable mention vehicle. Oh, yes. And, and it's very brief because I don't really know the cubic foot of this. I didn't even look it up. I was just thinking as I came in here, my wife drives a Honda Element. That vehicle is a perfect clown car. Yeah. It's got a lot of headroom. When too. you get inside that thing, it's, it's like you're driving in a, uh, in a small warehouse. It's huge. It's like we're in this, you know, we're in the studio right now. It's a big box. <laughs> it's like that. There, there's so much headroom in that vehicle. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. It's very deceptive from the outside because it looks small. When you get inside, it's, it's just like a, it's like a cavern. It's enormous. So does it, does it have like a low floor? I haven't been in an element. Um, you know, not necessarily a low floor. I don't know if it's, it's where the tall. scene is. 
It's very tall. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, it's it's just you have to experience it. it. Honestly, if you've never been inside of a Honda Element, doesn't matter what year you get in. Uh huh. Just even if it's on a, a used car lot somewhere, it, it, take the time someday if you've never been in one to go and just sit in the driver's seat, even if you're not going to buy the vehicle or whatever. You just want to do it. Yeah. Just go just go look and sit in it. You'll be shocked at how much room there appears to be in there. When you get in, it's like you're driving a school bus or something. It, hmm. it really does feel like that. And that feeling, if you haven't driven it for, you know, like, it's not my vehicle, it's my wife's vehicle. But if right. I haven't driven it for a few weeks and I get in it, again, it feels like an enormous vehicle once you step inside. So perfect clown car, the Honda Element. So any any circus out there listening, any, any small-time circus <laughs> right. that might be listening to us, Honda Element. Uh, and Honda, if you're listening... Uh, while that might be good for a, a specific part of your demographic, maybe don't advertise it as the perfect clown car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not, uh, that would not be a good new move. Now, yeah. you know, we talked about uh, just briefly a second ago, we hinted at this. Right. And we said we were going to talk about car cramming. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, this is something that people have been doing for a long time. They've been cramming, uh, you know, phone booths sure. and cars yeah. for, for decades. It's not just uh, clowns. Yeah, uh, everyone from all walks of life, uh, especially 
oddly enough, though it does make sense, engineers yeah. are into this, right? College students. College no, students. People that are interested in, in uh, filling a certain volume of space with a certain volume of product. And that product would be people, people. in this case. And that's that's what makes this whole, this whole thing unusual is that there's that wild card. It's like, well, you have to have people of a certain size. You have to have people of a... Uh, um, a certain ability, you know, the flexibility to right. be able to get in there and do that. And, and people, if you want the world record, they have to be a certain age. Oh, that's a good point. So there's there are standards for this whole thing. It's not right. like you can just cram a vehicle and expect it to be considered as a world record. The standards are very particular, and you wouldn't really think this, but Guinness World Records, who we, I guess, I guess worldwide, we recognize this as the, uh, you know, the keeper of of world records, as right. a, the yes. place to go when you want to see, you know, how big, how small, how many. And in this case, it's how many and, how, and you know, in what vehicle. And the thing about these standards is that unlike the clown cars, you can't remove anything from the vehicle. You have to leave the seats in place. You have to leave the center console in place. Mm-hmm. That uh, that barrier between the trunk and the uh, the passenger area has to remain in place. It's uh, it's much more restrictive than the clown car, I guess, which has no restrictions. You, know, you can do whatever you want because it's your own vehicle. Right. Uh, for the Guinness World Record, you have to leave everything in place, all the seats and everything. You also have to uh, be, sh- be sure that all participants are over the age of 18. Mm-hmm. There's a height requirement as well, right? Yeah, yeah, five feet. Yeah, five feet. So you can't uh, stuff a bunch of people that are three and a half feet in there and right. make that work. Right. Um, now, that's a, a minimum you know, height of five feet. You can go higher than that if you sure. want, but that would be foolish, I guess. And doors and windows have to be closed so, you know, so that people don't have extremities hanging out. Ah, uh, that's a good point because you could cram a bunch of people in if they have half their body hanging out the, yeah. the driver or passenger windows. I mean, that's basically cheating the length of like two other people. Sure. And there's one more twist. Ah, yes. The engine has to start. Yeah. So there has to be somebody in position to be able to turn the ignition and start the vehicle. And I've seen other records where they actually drive the vehicle with all these people in it, you know, in a, in a closed lot or whatever. They make a, uh, you know, it's just symbolic more than anything. Right. They drive the vehicle, which would be ridiculously difficult because you're going to have to have somebody with their hands working the uh, working the fuel, um, you know, someone else working the steering wheel, someone shifting, uh, someone working the ignition. It's just it would be very complex to do it, right. but, but it's been done. Yeah, it has been done. You know, in, again, symbolic, like 50 feet or something like that. In a feat of cooperation that would just cripple uh, claustrophobes with with fear. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about some of the, the cramming records, the Guinness sure. World Records. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we'll get an idea for just how overstuffed some of these vehicles can be or how, how difficult it would be to do some of these. Because the numbers, really, these are like clown car numbers, even though all that stuff is still in there. Right, yeah. Uh, so one great number that we can just start off with is the time that 22 German cheerleaders fit inside an Audi A3. Oh, now you can make a lot of jokes there, I'm sure, but 20, <laughs> 22 German cheerleaders. Oh, yeah, 22. Fit inside an Audi A3. Now, that's remarkable. I mean, an A3, now I'm thinking back, and we're not talking about the modern A3, the one that uh, that looks more like the A4 at this point, that, that the sedan style. Right. I think we're talking about the older style, which is a, a wagon-looking vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, small wagon, very but, small wagon. But a wagon really. nonetheless. But still a wagon. It's a different body style. So 22 for the A3, I think that one gets an, an asterisk. Okay, well, let's go ahead and kick it up a notch, my friend. Uh, what about those 28 women in the U.K. who got inside a new Mini in 2012? Okay, I've got something to say about this. All right. When I went through my whole car ordeal recently, you know, the, uh, the switch over from the old to new, the, the car that I had in the meantime, I had to rent a vehicle for two weeks. 
and it was a, a mini. It was a 2015 mini. Um, I don't believe that the 2012 and the 2015 have much difference in, uh, in size as far as, uh, interior volume, volume, cargo volume. We're uh-huh. talking about a standard mini, not the, uh, not the countryman or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. a standard mini. 28 people inside that, Ben. You, you and I sat in that vehicle because we went, went out to look at it a few right. times. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the, in the parking structure. I just don't know how you would do it. I don't know how you would fit more than five people in that, honestly. I mean, I could. I, I read somewhere that they put four people inside the trunk area. They, now, someday, again, you know, this is the used car lot situation. Someday, go take a look at a Mini on a parking lot if you don't own one already. Yeah, I was thinking about this one because, you know, were they in the fetal position with the, their knees pulled up to their chest? How would we do it? Because, like, don't get me wrong, the Mini was a, a cool-looking car. Sure. And it had some it had some really nice design to it. But when we were looking at it, um, we you know, did open the trunk. We did open the trunk. I mean, we poked around that thing. Um, but, uh, we, w- there's a compartment there for the spare. So yeah. could they have taken that out maybe? No, or? no, that has to stay in place. That's right. It all yeah. has to stay in place. That's and, right. and the trunk has to shut. It's not like you're going to fit people in there. And I, even, even if you let that deck lid or that, that, uh, that trunk lid open, you know, with legs hanging out. I don't know how you get four people in there. These had to be people that folded themselves into a tiny, tiny little little yeah, square. Yeah, I'd like some more information on the on the twenty eight. I mean, that's crazy. That's twenty eight. That's a crazy number. Look at a uh, look at a mini, and then imagine twenty eight people in there with all the doors and everything closed, and then the engine starts. Um, incredible! It's an amazing feat. So. There's more to it than this. Now, that was the new Mini that we were talking about. The yeah. old Mini, which is even smaller, smaller than that, M- much smaller than that, as a matter of fact. So wasn't there something with, like, a, an orange crate design or something like that? I've got a vague memory of this. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was, like, almost like two boxes. Yeah, it was two boxes. That's right. The original design was two boxes, but there was something to do with oranges. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this in a little while, maybe. Uh, but the old Mini is considerably smaller than the new Mini, and they crammed. This is amazing. 27 people at the London to Brighton Mini Run back in 2014. They took this classic Mini and did this. 27 people were able to fit into a classic Mini. Again, with all the seats in place, all the barriers in place, spare tire, whatever. I know the spare tire is tiny in that vehicle. Right. But that's still, again, that's crazy. Again, you know, adhering to the Guinness World Standard records or World Record Standards, you know, with uh, everybody, everybody being over 18, everybody being over five feet tall. Right. That's a lot of people to cram into a mini. Yeah, yeah. Uh, minis are minis are one of the main rivals in the game here. Uh, but don't discount the beetle, my friend. No. And one last quick thing: when you see an original mini next to a new mini, you think that's a really small car. That's a tiny car. I mean, the, you the, think that when you see the original mini. Yeah, yeah. when you see the original, yeah. you think that. Uh, Wow, they've really come a long way as far as like size in that vehicle. So, anyways, I, we need to move on from this. But you said uh, Beetle was also a yes, player. yes, the Beetle, yes, sir. Yes, uh, both the uh, new and old records for the Beetles were both set here in the U.S. Uh, the old style, right, mm-hmm. uh, was crammed with twenty people in 2010, and Guinness verified that. And the new Beetle had twenty-seven. People, I don't know where or how those extra seven got in there, uh, but one of our, you know, one of our coworkers also drives a Beetle, and I've checked out the car. Um, he drives a newer one, mm-hmm. which is, which of course has a 
radically different design. But having been inside an older Beetle, we both have, um, I don't know how you get almost 30 people in the bug, man. I honestly don't either. And, uh, you know, the thing is the, the new one is, uh, is bigger. It's not a lot bigger. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, seven people bigger. <laughs> how do they get 27 people into a, a new beetle? I mean, to, to watch them again contort themselves into this thing, it's, it's incredible. Power positive thinking? Uh, now, I don't know. There's one more that I'd like to mention here before we, we talk about the last one. Um, there's a, there's something mentioned in the, um, in the car and driver article, the physics of clown cars again. Right. That, uh, that says that the smart for two, you remember the smart for two? We haven't talked yeah. about that in a little while wow. here now, but that's yeah. a tiny, tiny car. They list the record for the smart for two as being, uh, slightly more than I found the Guinness World Record to be. So I don't know where this number is coming from, but the, mm. the article lists 19 people in a smart for two. And you know how impossibly tiny that vehicle is. It's so, so small. So tiny that yeah. I'm, I'm kind of doubting that. Now, I looked up the Guinness World Record as of 2013, and that's two years after this um, this article is written for Car and Driver. The, the Guinness World Record, the official world record, is 16 people. So, again, that's a high number for that vehicle, slightly less than the Car and Driver article claims. But, again, 16 people in a car that, again, is, is made for two people. And when you're in that vehicle, you're shoulder to shoulder already. There's yeah. a very, very small cargo area in the right. back. Uh, but there's just not a lot of room for, for movement in that vehicle other than, um, you know, just the the uh, the process of driving and getting in as a passenger. And that's about it, really. I mean, it's a yeah. tiny, yeah. tiny car. But we can take it even crazier. And, Scott, I like this last part. So much so that I'm going to propose uh, that Noel and you and I make this somehow a, a regular segment on the show called In Case You Were Wondering. Hmm. Not bad. In Case You Were Wondering. In this uh, episode, in this segment of In Case You Were Wondering, uh, we are going to give you one of the craziest numbers we found for people crammed into a vehicle. Uh, Mr. Benjamin, if you would do the honors. Oh, I certainly will. Now, this one comes to us from uh, the Krakow University of Technology in Poland. And uh, again, a bunch of engineers, as mm -hmm. we said before, they right. like to do this kind of thing. Right. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a mind experiment, right? Mm -hmm. Physical, physical experiment. They found that in an unmodified bus, we're talking about a single decker bus, not a double decker, a single single level bus, they were able to cram 229 passengers into that vehicle. 229. And not only that, they were able to drive that bus 75 meters. Again, that's symbolic. You know, they were able to, to start it and drive it, I guess. They, they drove it 75 meters. It, it took them 57 seconds with everybody still inside that vehicle. That's impressive because when you think about a a typical, I guess, city bus or right. a school bus or, yeah. you know, a, a bus-sized vehicle, full bus, what do you fit in there? I mean, how many kids would fit into a school bus? I'm talking maximum. 50, you know, like, 60 maybe? Yeah, I was going to guess that because it's like two kids per seat typically. Sometimes they push it to three. Yeah. So there's maybe, let's say, 75 kids in a bus at, at the uh, maximum. And that is that is tight with even children in that bus. Yeah. And so we're talking about a vehicle that still has all the uh, – Everything inside, you know, all the seats and, you know, everything else mm -hmm. that's necessary there, the safety bars and all that. 229 people. I need a window that. seat. <laughs> Just to see. But also, you know, they probably had people, um, if the seats are designed the way I'm thinking, they probably have people laying under the seats as well. True. Of course you they know? do. Yeah. They, and I would bet people stacked again. And in this case, I wonder, 
You know, you mentioned earlier the shelf system. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was a way to put a uh, you know flat platform on top of the seats and able to cram people upwards so that they're able to oh, stack yeah. them to the ceiling. Really, not a bad idea. Um, I think that was that would be how you'd have to do it because even if you're on a bus, a crowded city bus, you know, standing room only, and you're you know you know that uncomfortable situation where you got to hold onto the bar overhead and or the the you know yeah. that that loop of leather that's uh-huh. all stained and gross. You got to <laughs> hang onto that and. You know, you're you're uh, you're bumping into people as the bus moves and all that. This is that times, uh, you know, what I guess would be that times eight. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. Terribly uncomfortable. So this is, I, I think, you know, it's it's strange to think about this, but you know, the clown car situation is really, and I don't know if a clown situation. That's a funny way to say it. The clown car situation <laughs> is similar to you know what uh, what college kids do on a campus for fun. It's right. it's very similar in that way. I mean, it's uh it. It's just fun to to experiment with how many people you can fit in there. How many? And I know dealerships will do this as promotional uh, things. You know, they're going to have somebody on the the dealership lot that, or a group maybe, uh, like we said, the you know the German cheerleader group. Yeah. Uh, maybe they went to an Audi dealership and, and did this as some type of Audi promotion. I don't know the the situation around it, but it's a it's a it can be used as a powerful marketing tool for them as well. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, although. Although this is one of those world records or feats that is clearly not something that would become my life's work or yours, you gotta, from an engineering perspective, respect it. Yeah, you definitely do. I mean, there's a lot of work and a lot of effort that goes into this, a lot of pre-planning, um, and it and it does have uh, an effect. I mean, it, the crowd goes crazy when they see, you know, when once you start getting up to fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, even twenty clowns coming out of an, an impossibly small car. The crowd loves that kind of thing. I mean, it's 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 a it's a hit. It's been a hit for the last uh, what sixty five years now. Yeah, yeah, and it'll probably continue because a lot of people really enjoy just seeing that stream of people. Yeah, just uh, a, pour a, out of the car. Just a classic circus act, and uh, you know, I think that it is going to hang around for quite a while. I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, it just it. it it confuses the people that are watching it. It, it yeah. boggles the mind that that many clowns are going to come out of that car. And and the same thing with, you know, the the uh, the, the car cramming, you know, on mm-hmm. college campuses or wherever it happens to, to be. It, it does draw crowds because people are just, uh, they're fascinated by this kind of thing. And, you know, we started out this podcast, Ben. When we started, and even going back, you know, two weeks ago, when we yeah. talked about doing this podcast, and I said, hey, what do you think if we talk about clown cars? I think we both thought, well, that's kind of a fluffy piece, and it's going right. to take 10 minutes for us to discuss this because it's so simple. Right. There's a lot more to it than that. I mean, there's probably more than we're even even talking about here because we don't know all the real secrets of the clowns. No, we are not initiated into the secret society of clown life. <laughs> I'm kind of glad we're not. Yeah, yeah, I'd have a tough time with it. Uh but uh, I have immense respect for the ability because, you know, clowns have, um, you know, clowns are jugglers, clowns are contortionists, clowns, uh, at least the ones who have cooked up the car uh, bit, are clearly engineers okay. on some level. Can I just make one clown comment here? Now, I said, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I've got, you know, kind of a fear of clowns. I think a lot of people do. Sure. However, um, I do respect when I when I go to a circus or I go to uh, you know um, you know one of the I guess more modern versions of that would be like the Cirque du Soleil you know uh-huh. where it's a, it's a little different it's not exactly the same thing but you know the clown comes out and he plays the fool he plays you know the buffoon that comes out and he's stumbling all over the place and he's just a you know it looks like he doesn't have any kind of skills and this is what he's doing he's there to be a joker a joke right, jokester right. yeah later in the act 
and this happens a lot in those Cirque du Soleil acts, that, that same guy, that same clown comes out and performs some incredible physical feat. Some incredible acrobatic feat or something. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they're so talented and they're so skilled at what they do. And, you know, initially you're, you're thinking like, well, this is the buffoon. This is the guy that comes out right. just to make me laugh and it's cheap laugh. And, you know, that's fine and good and everything. But later you realize that this guy is a serious performer and he's got some skill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this happens often with these, with these circus clowns. You know, they've got a lot of skill. All of them do. And I don't mean to discount that by saying, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of clowns and they're scary or whatever. <laughs> or, you know, this is a silly act and there's not much to it. I don't mean to discount that in any way. I mean, these guys take what they do seriously and they do it well. Yeah. I see what you're saying and I agree. And, you know what's interesting, Scott, is this is one of the strangest things we've covered on the show. It might be. I mean, it, uh, it's not. It still hasn't beat beaten the Dale car, which is its own genre of weird. Yeah, but I do like it when we kind of take a topic and we go a, a weird direction with it. I mean, yeah. we, we're, we're a show about cars. We're a show about, you know, trucks. We're a show about airplanes and boats yeah. and other things like that. You know, anything mechanical. But when you think about clown cars, you don't necessarily think about Everything that goes into them, and, and you know, the science behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's more like uh, it's just a, a passing mention, like uh, clown cars. That's a silly thing too. So, uh, listeners, we enjoyed this. If you want to hear some of our other uh, Stranger Adventures episodes, we have some great historical tales about uh, the Norsemen, uh, the famous Norsemen story, the Dale Car story, which I won't spoil for you here. And we always find some strange stuff when we start digging into history. Yeah, what about like? Hearses. I always go back to the hearses episode. That was a that good was, one. That was a yeah. lot of fun to talk yeah. about hearses. And uh, I'm trying to think of some other really unusual vehicles mm-hmm. we've covered. But there's been so many over the years. I mean, we've, we've done this for how many years now? I think it's, uh, it's seven. Six, seven? Se- uh, seven? Maybe seven, I think. I know. My, uh, my, that contract I signed in blood is probably going to come up pretty soon. <laughs> probably. But uh, I, we like doing some unusual off-the-wall topics like this, too. So, yeah. you know, write in with some suggestions mm-hmm. if you've got some. That are not necessarily, uh, you know, circus related or anything like that. But yeah, but just a, interesting car stories. A vehicle suggestion that is off the wall like this one is. I mean, you know, we get the typical, hey, can you cover, um, you know, like we just covered the McLaren 570S. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the new models and things like that. That's all fun to do and old historic models. Those are great. We love doing that. Mm-hmm. However, we like taking a topic like clown cars. And just kind of having some fun with it. Yeah, we did a Zamboni podcast. Zamboni, that's a great one, Because <laughs> that, that was fascinating. That's a perfect example. That's yeah. a, that's another one that is also like this in a way. I mean, it's an unusual vehicle that's used in a very specific situation, uh-huh. has a specific purpose, but there's a lot to it when you really dig into it. A lot of history and a lot of interesting stuff, or at least we think it's interesting. Right. Now, before we head out, though, just to, just so you can see the proof in the pudding here, folks, uh, about writing into us. Let's read a little listener mail. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, Scott. So uh, Peter K. writes to us, and he says, uh, Hey, Scott and Ben, I love your podcast. I can't say I'm a longtime listener. I've been listening for a little over a month now. They make a great Sunday afternoon time killer or good for chores and homework. I think I found out about you guys because Ben was on an episode of Tech Stuff a while back, though I can't be sure. I became really interested in cars because of you guys and Top Gear, and now I am the car trivia king during dinnertime conversations. Anyway, I checked through your older podcast, did a quick search, but I couldn't find any episodes about car company logos. I think this could make a fun episode about where car logos come from and their meanings regards Peter. Um, and then he included a picture of a McLaren MP4 12C that he saw uh 
at the uh, Home Depot there in Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. That's a great suggestion, Peter. Honestly, I would love to dig into car logos and car emblems and, um, you know, like the uh, – um, what's the uh, the Rolls Royce, the um, Spirit of Ecstasy? Oh yeah, uh, there's a great story behind the Spirit of Ecstasy. Uh-huh. It's fascinating stuff. I mean, um, what's the most uh, stolen one? It's either Spirit of Ecstasy or the Mercedes Benz. Uh, yeah, it could be the Mercedes Benz. Even that, even the Mercedes Benz hmm. um, symbol has uh, has some meaning behind it. Yeah. The three points that means a specific thing. And I've read yeah. about it. Um, it's like heraldry almost. Yeah. Also, um, wasn't uh, let's see. Uh, Colin Chapman uh, with Lotus. Uh, yeah. You know, there's the Lotus. Symbol. And, you know, along the way, Peter, we've talked about, uh, you know, certain mo- makes and models. Right, and, Lamborghini, Ferrari. Yeah, and some of that stuff does come out in the wash. So you know, some of that has all been out there, but it's it's been scattered uh, throughout our history. So hmm. if we consolidate all of that stuff into one episode, I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, it might be interesting. And then, uh, uh, Peter, you uh, can continue your reign as the king of car trivia during dinnertime conversations. Also, congratulations. Uh, and uh, listeners, maybe we can all pick up a couple of uh, strange facts about logos because there's so much fascinating history here. Um, well, Scott, speaking of <laughs> speaking of uh, world records for cramming, sorry, I, I crammed some listener mail into the vehicle of this podcast. Well, that's fine. I'm glad you did. That's a good one. And also, you know, who would have ever thought that we would talk so long about clown cars? I thought this was going to be one of our shortest podcasts ever. I really right. did. But it became, you know, it became, I guess, more and more interesting to me as I talked to you about it because you had a, a different way to look at it as well. Oh, hey, thanks. I, I think Noel probably expected it to go a little long. He always <laughs> does because we say it's going to be a short one, Noel. Don't worry. I just, right. I just, <laughs> in the old days, you'd say just put in a short tape. It's not going to take very long. Right, right. Ten-minute tape is fine. So we are going to go ahead and uh, make our way and mosey on. Uh, we ask uh, that everybody, in the immortal words of Snoop Dogg, just chill till the next episode. Oh, is it Snoop Dogg or Snoop Lion? I think he went back to Snoop Dogg. Did he? I've he... been talking about this with people. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we'll have to look it up because uh, you, you clued me into the Snoop Lion thing. Yeah, I think that might have been a temporary thing for him. He's reverted. He may have. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll have to tweet him and what, see. What did Snoop Dogg say? Uh, Snoop Dogg said, just chill till the next episode. All right. Which is a great ending thing. Uh, in the meantime, however, you can find all these podcasts we're talking about on our website, carstuffshow.com. We're on the internet. You know, we're hip. We're with it. We're on Facebook and Twitter. He didn't by any chance say, just chill to the next episode of Car Stuff, did he? Because that would be gold. If we had that, that would be audio gold for us. That would be. I wonder. I wonder. Because I think I was listening to the radio version, so maybe he did. I really, really doubt it. He's a big fan. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you have a suggestion, you want to take uh, a page from Peter's book and write to us uh, with some ideas for stuff you'd like to hear about in the future, we would love to hear from you. Our address is? Car stuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, what's good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 